Hello, my name's Chris Paul and I am the CEO and founder of Man on Inverclyde, a mental health charity based in Greenock in the west of Scotland. And we're bringing you this message today to raise awareness of mental health and raise awareness of our charity and how we can maybe support you, your friends or your loved ones if you need it. Now, we started off as a suicide prevention charity and we're continuing that mission. We want to break the stigma attached to mental health. We want to break the stigma attached to men's mental health and I know that a lot of men will be listening to this podcast so please get in touch with us via Man on Inverclyde on social media and um, you'll find us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. If you're not on social media and you want to get in touch with us via email just type in support at manoninverclyde.com our landline here is 01475-910258. So yeah, get in touch with us if you're struggling with your own mental health or you're concerned about a friend or a family member. One of our staff members are volunteers here to support you. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Gallon View Rangers podcast. Um, my name is Colin Duff and I'll be your host this evening as we look back over the weekend events. Um, a very, very poor weekend for Rangers and some even saying a, a very, very poor week for the club in general um, post-transfer window. And we will cover all of that and more tonight. Um here to try and help pick up my spirits. First of all, Mason Stewart, how are you, mate? Yeah, well, good, thanks, Colin. Uh, good to see you, boys. Um, yeah, just saw one yesterday. Um, it's going to be therapy for, for us uh, going over that, that yesterday. And, yeah, I think you just touched on the, the transfer. Um, you know, window closing Thursday, I was absolutely gutted. Um, and it just carried on. Um, so, uh, you yeah, know, been interested uh, pod tonight, for sure. Uh, absolutely, Um Interesting, a <laughs> very, very nice way of saying it. Um, also joining me, David Pollock. David, how are you? As well as can be expected, Colin, in, in the particular circumstances, but I'm get, getting kind of, I'm beginning to be a bit more philosophical today about the whole thing because it was just pure rage yesterday. And there's no doubt about that, you know, the oaths that were fired at that TV and some of the, our, our players. However, you know, trying to see things in a trying to contextualise the whole thing today. So having spent some time with my therapist, it's uh, it's, it's coming together for me. Thanks. <clears throat> Fair play, you're good. Lady, lady wife, haven't they put up with you? Um, if you were in anywhere near the same mood as me, um, that would have been a tough job, haven't they listened to all that? Also joining us, Fairy Continent, David Tomlinson. How are you, mate? Yeah, well, happy to come on. And... Uh, Talk about how Max Verstappen uh, won the Dutch Grand Prix this afternoon and ask why Lewis Hamilton was the only one left at the end up with medium tyres. So quite happy to talk about that. I will forget to what yesterday though. Aye, <laughs> uh, that's, um, uh, that's as, as good a conversation point as any. Um, but I'm afraid there's more pressing matters that we do need to discuss. So, um, as always... Everybody watching on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, get your <laughs> comments in the comment section um, and we'll chat through them as and when they come up. Tonight, this isn't going to be um, heating the oven, Arsenal TV kind of stuff. Um, I don't think there's going to be very many calls for Giovanni Vanni Van Bronckhorst said. Instead, I'm going to dissect the kind of gutless performance over the last week from everywhere in the club. We're going to start with the manager, the players' performance and the board's party play in the last week and then have a look forward on how this squad set up for the season ahead. So we will go through it bit by bit. I'm just going to put my 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 cards on the table right now, nail my cards to the mast. I'm not going to be one of these guys that are going to concede defeat in the league in the 3rd of September. We've never won the league that early and we've never lost the league that early, but... That's not getting away. There's a lot of issues that need addressed, um, especially on field. So, Mason, I'll start with you. Um, the the lineup yesterday that Giles went with, I think we knew what the back five was going to be. Um, 
I think the biggest concern was starting with on some Davis and Kamara and just the mentality going forward as soon as that was uh, announced. Yeah, obviously Lawrence's injury um, was was a big blow before it as well. It was just the whole week building up to it. You know, you, then you get the news it's having ear fit, um, but but that was a that was a big big blow for us. Um, Lawrence being out. Um, one thing I did say, I think I put in the group Friday that I didn't want to see Tillman go out to the right um, because I think you just take away from what he's good at and he, he doesn't look comfortable out there. So that was something that I was worried about going into the game um, and, it, and that happened. Um, and then I was also as well, one I'm sure we'll come on to talk about a little bit later is Glenn Kamara. Um, he was he had to start because we've not got a lot of options in there. But I, did wonder, I do wonder how close he was to, to leaving. Um, Thursday night and what kind of mental sort of state he was in because um, he hasn't except from PSV where I thought he was brilliant he hasn't really really been been himself so we, we had sort of no choice to go with it Davis coming in I could understand it but then I thought you know the three three holding midfielders going to to Parkhead just doesn't 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 fare well um, and and you know it was a, it to be honest it was a disaster but yeah with what we've got injury wise. What could what could we have really really have changed? Um, you know, Matondo wasn't even in the squad. You know, another summer signing, um, which again transfers will we'll come on to talk about. But team wise, I wouldn't have played Tillman. I think I would have gone probably with Scott Rapp. Um, that that's really oh, that, that all I would have changed. And uh, yeah, I mean, there, as I said, there wasn't too much else we, we could have done team wise to go in there. You see, we the the short right um, suggestion. A lot of people won't be happy with that. Scott writes about a weapon boy right now, but at the very least, he gives you some sort of outball and a different place, and it allows Tillman to come in. Um, I think a big issue yesterday, and we knew this was going to be an issue before the ball was kicked, that there's going to be too much a gap between the midfield and Antonio Cholak. And we, Davis, Lundstrom and Kamara, they, do, they can do their jobs very, very well. Their jobs has never been to link up the midfield and the attack. So as soon as... Even if Scott Arfield had gone into the start, he's a bit more forward-thinking. So I think Gio absolutely laid down his intentions for the beginning with that. Yeah, Arfield as well. Maybe that, that was one we spoke about as well. But it, what, what was a weird one was Tuesday night, Davis played 90 minutes, Arfield played 90 minutes, Kamara played 90 minutes. And so for me, I was just looking at Arfield. I don't think he's somewhere now with his... I think his legs, let's say, you know, are gone. He can't really do two games a week. Um, and, and going there, I think you play off. I think again, you're planning to, to his hands. He's got no, he's got no. The midfield's got no dynamism at all. It's got no, you know, a change of pace. Um, we can say what we want about you know sort of Celtic midfield, but I don't think Atate and O'Reilly are fantastic. But what they what they do try and do is break lines and get forward and have a change of pace, which our midfield yesterday was 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 non-existent uh, in, in that sense. Um, but yeah, I mean. Yeah, you're right with, with Arthur. Maybe that was one we could have done, but you know, I think I think the game Cholak up there on his own was exactly the same as it was Ruth in February. We couldn't we couldn't get out, um, and that 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 for me is is a big worry because Gio hasn't mm-hmm. learned his lesson. That is the, that is that was the biggest one to get us up the pitch. So, so that's the first marker I'd say it was disappointing. David Park, we'll come to you. Um, there's there's elements that yesterday was a bad day at the office. So there's no getting away from that, but. As well as that, there is concerns that we've had for a while or came to fruition yesterday. Um, it's no one or the other. It's a mixture of both, which is probably worse. And one concern is how conservative the Geo is away from home. Where, whether that's in the league or in Europe and this group of players haven't adapted well to it um, over like, since they came in, I think Borussia Dortmund away is the outlier. Um, that's probably the, the one example where we did set up to maybe a wee bit differently, maybe because we've seen it as a free hit, but more often than not, we we set set up to soak up a lot of pressure, not just against Celtic, against we've seen it against Hibs, we've seen it against Livingston, and their results did flatter to deceive. What is it about away performances that Gio just... <clears throat> I, I don't know. Well, why is it? Well, he just seems to be a bit more conservative, isn't it? He's just not as bold. He's a... Uh... I hesitate to use the word timid, but it's, I mean, it's exactly as Mason said, you know, the, the, the Kemar Ruth performance, you know, in February and, and Antonio Cholak's performance yesterday, you know, just spot the difference. He's up there on his own, you know, getting no, no service. It was a complete waste of uh, a player on the park putting Tillman out in the right because he's from, you know, we've saw, we've saw what he can contribute 
you know, when he's playing a more central role. We should have, uh, I don't know what, what Gio's logic was there because we played exactly the same setup and we got exactly the same result between February and, and September, I say. So, plus a change, as the French is saying. Uh, <clears throat> it's, Gio has to be bolder. There's something that has structurally changed, despite the, you know, the, the players on the pitch. Because you play for Rangers, you're a, you're a decent football player. So we should have been able to uh, go out there and, and give them a far better uh, game of it than, than we did. And that's that, for me, is down to Gio and, and his approach to it. Because the players will just be out there you know, putting into uh, play what he's been told, what he's told them to do. So in that respect, it's, it's very disappointing. But if he learns from it, you know, and we move on and, and, and we, we see the error of, of, of that, you know, to do it the second time, just nuts. Just nuts for me. That's um, a very good point. David Thompson, I'll come to you because you are your, your Dutch football correspondent, if you like. Um, so I think you're a bit closer to um, how Gio was perceived by the Farnard fans. David, David P said, if we learn from it, then we can move on. It's... Well, I don't want to write off Gio, um, and I'm nowhere near that. I've not seen evidence that he's going to do anything different in the next away game. So Aberdeen's coming up, Aberdeen away is coming up. I've not seen enough evidence he's going to set up any differently. You, you, you and Mason made the point that we could have just put out the recording for the second of February after the last final game, and it would have been the, the same points were covering, and that is a bit of a worry. Yeah, the exact same points, because I thought that this afternoon as well. Um, but um, I mean, we're we're all building on at PSV, but PSV got beat by FC Twenty yesterday, and it should have been about five now at half time. PSV are not a good team; they're not a good team, and I said that before we played them. Uh, now, uh, look, De Young, he's injured as well now, so they, they haven't they haven't got him either. So they're they're they're, to, they're, they're lost without him because that style of football is just away, and um, but. Um, I don't think Ajax are a good team either. I think we can go out and, and, and play good about Ajax. But the thing is, we uh, Gio, he never learns. Because uh, Davey said it as well, the horseshoe, the fine or supporters, they were, were talking about the exact same thing. They were praying that he would leave at the end up as well because it's just the same old boring football. I'll tell you, my, my, my wife started watching the end of it just because I, I had it on the big television. Normally I'm watching it on a smaller television, but I had it on the big television and my wife was sitting watching it. And even she says, she says, the team in the green, she says, they're, they're, they're far faster and far doing, going far more forward than the team in the blue. And I thought, yeah, if she sees that, then, then everybody must see that. But uh, no, I've, I've got written down here intensity and movement. That was that was just a, we've got the same movement. We've got players, and, and then Geo starts with three defending midfielders. And now, as what we said in February, we talked we talked about the same. These three players are on the line, so they they move back a wee bit to get the ball, and then the bits pass, pass back to 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 the defence again, and the defence. And Celtic, they just get the ball right through, straight through to, to the attackers. And, uh, yeah, and, and no, the, the fact that we were even sitting, uh, balled out for a, a throw-in, and then everybody's yapping to the referee and, and, and talking amongst themselves and while Celtic are getting the ball put in the net, it, it's, just, it's just shocking. But Gio, Gio he's, he's not learned. He's not learned from Feyenoord. He's not learned of, uh, from, from Rangers. I don't know what happened in China. I haven't, I haven't any... Notes on that, but um, I know they were they were quite happy he left anyway, by the, by the by the sound of things. So, but he just doesn't seem to learn, doesn't. And Mason, the final point on Van Bronckhorst. So, just playing devil's advocate here, um, we've had some really really good performances under Van Bronckhorst since he's came in. Right, we can't just forget everything that's happened over the last. Um, the last 10 months um, after one bad day at the office. What's most frustrating is we can see how well he can set up a Rangers team to go and try and kill off teams, be aggressive, be pressing. And we almost seen glimpses of that in the first 10, 15 minutes yesterday. It's That's what's most frustrating for me, that we can set up that, he can deploy the, the players like that. But is it maybe something that if you're... 
<laughs> from game to game, you're asking players to do two completely different things. It's going to take, it's going to be hard to adjust to that. Just a couple of things on that. So you say about the, the players doing two two different things. We've got two teams at the minute. We've got a team in Europe and we've got a team domestically away from home. And and I don't know if it's, that to me screams out an attitude thing and a, a mentality thing. It's we're going to take scalps in Europe, but domestically where we're meant to go and get three points when we're playing at stadiums where everyone hates you and everyone's against you, we're struggling big time. And the manager's, for me, far too negative um, away from home. Yeah, I think yesterday, a game at Parker, you got to fight fire with fire. We've got to go and get at them as they got at us. Because we've seen them in Europe. When you go and get after them, they struggle big time. Um, but they, but Geo sets up yesterday with three defensive midfielders. Now, this is, this is a problem that we've had when Gerald was there. We haven't invested any money in that area of the, of the pitch. So we haven't got any game changer in there. Um, and don't get me started on right wing because that is another area that, that they've, they've failed big time, which we'll, we'll get onto. But it plays a big part in how we set up. So if Gio's going to go negative at Parkhead and, and, and keep the zero, as, as he said in his, his press uh, post-match yesterday, that's what he wanted to do, then we need to be a lot more you know, compact and, and harder to play through. Uh, they got the ball out wide yesterday and it was a case of, you know, Jota and Abada. They, they won't have an easier game, to be honest. They, they were running at our fullbacks and getting balls in the box and we, and we couldn't deal with it. So there's being sort of, you know, conservative and negative, as, whatever you want to call it when Gio sets up, but it's not, we're, we're, not, we're not defensively any good. We, we've conceded seven goals now in our, in our first three away games. And, and there's a pattern there when you look back to last season as well. We conceded three at Ross County, you know, Dundee United, Dundee, we're conceding goals. So for me, I think if he's going to play like that, then you need to build from defence and you need to stop. You know, if, if we go if we go and win the next seven, eight games or now to the end of the season, 1-0 and we play negative, no one will get no one will say a thing. But we know it's not gonna it's not gonna be like that. So there, there, there's two things that you've got Gio is gonna take the brunt because he's the manager, but also the players. And I just want to make a quick point that Davey said about um the, the, the goals where we're switching off from from from, from uh, throw-ins and um Quick free kicks. Ryan Kemp cost us the first two goals because the, he, he, he should get the ball at the pitch and then he's, he's running at the ref because he says it's our throw. Bang, 1-0. And the second one, Harry doesn't stop the quick free kick. is just schoolboys. If you see Sunday League, it, it, it's terrible. And his body language yesterday, I'm just... He's another one. You know, we, we've got... We, 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 you know, we, can't, we play him every week because he's, we know what he can do. But the last time he had a proper performance was Dortmund away now. So with him as well, I'm just like... Him and Goldson, are we just going to keep playing them because because we've got no one else? You know, it's it's really really frustrating. Aye, that is, and there's definitely a few points that I'm going to keep until we get to the um, the the lack of activity in the transfer window and the board them um, because that's definitely a, a wider discussion there. But you've led me on nicely to the players yesterday, David Ball. We'll come to you. Well, absolutely agree with Mason. The buck stops at the manager, and he has to take his shit away for how he set up. There's no tactics in God's good earth that can account for players no reacting to a throw-in because they're too busy shouting at the ref. Or three players standing around the ball um, for a quick free kick and the the ball just gets played through them. The Mason said there, it's Sunday League stuff at best. No, it's, it's under 12s. It's absolutely unforgivable um, in the manner in which we lost the first three goals and we we could have started with seven attackers and we still would have lost those goals just because Rangers have switched off at the wrong time. Again, this isn't a new thing. We've seen this time and time again away from home over the last 10 months. Um, we, we saw it last year against Malmo when they took the throw in and, and scored a goal that was, was straight from uh, Glasgow Green. You know, with, with a quick throw in. So it's not as if this is this is new to us. What it does do is it kind of displays, betrays almost, the attitude that the players have going out onto that pitch. You know, what's to be gained by waving your arms at the referee when they've now got the ball in their hands, takes the throw in, and we're 1-0 down. You know, it was something which was so avoidable. There was one wee instant in the first half, which, sorry, it was in the second half, <clears throat> when this happened within a minute. But, but what it did do was was give us a wee telltale of the different approaches of the two teams. There was one ball that's played into the Celtic box. Joe Hart comes and collects it. Within one second, he has played the ball out. 
he's, he's got the ball in his hands, he takes two steps and immediately throws it to a Celtic player who's then almost at the halfway line. Within one minute of that, the ball gets played into Rangers' box. John McLaughlin then comes, collects the ball. With, doesn't even release the ball within the first 10 seconds. And that, for me, is just a wee telltale of, of the approach of that game and, and the mindset of, of both teams. One were absolutely on their toes, looking for every opportunity they could to get at us. Well, we were we, we were at a snail's pace, just not at the races at all. And I thought, you know, I mean, I, I let out a few expletives at that moment, just because it just for me it was just a it displayed in, in a nutshell the approaches of the two teams yesterday, which is what I'm disappointed about. But the good thing is, it's something that we can correct quite quickly. You know, have they got a better squad than we have? Player for player, I would say no. So there's Giovanni van Bronckhurst had better, you know, get these guys, you know, look into them, deliver rockets where rockets are required because we need to be on our toes. We need to be firing in all cylinders. We knew exactly what we were walking into yesterday. There was no surprises and we, and we, we, we fell for it again. And that, that's what I'm disappointed about. And that particularly disappointed with Gio that he let that happen. I and what you've said there about this squad being good enough to go to to with Celtic or potentially better players. I, I do um in that side, the same side as you, David P. Uh, but that's not a popular opinion right now because we are still hurting. But the big thing for me, David Thompson, I'll come to you. I, I think the players absolutely lacked accountability. And there's a few comments coming in for um coming in for the listeners, uh, for like Alex Kelly, Sean Gilmore and stuff about lack of lack of leaders on the pitch. Um lack some of them even looked unfit, Sean's calling out as well. Um mm-hmm. that's no that's not a constant that we say with this team. It's just it felt like collectively they were all off it yesterday and there was nobody. We didn't have that one or two players who could step up and spark a reaction. Yeah, well if you look at Tav, I, I, I've wondered if Tav was fit yesterday because he didn't train the whole week, and then he, I think he trained Friday. Um, so you've got to you've got to ask whether he was fit because he didn't really look that fit. And if you look at John Lundstrom, I know he's he's everybody's favourite, but that's the third game in a row now he's had to uh, pull a player down from the back for professional foul. So he's obviously missing yards as well in his feet. Uh, Davis, no, yeah, he got a, he got an extra year's contract. Everybody thought he would be going away, but we've just no speed. We've no speed in the middle of the park, and that that's where Celtic just walked through us. To be honest with you, um, but um, and then you, you start off. You got to start off with your goalkeeper. I don't know where you were going to go into him apart, but um, so it's just a time as any to go into the goalkeeper. What's yeah. your what was your thoughts there? Yeah, well, he had a nightmare, didn't he? <laughs> they yeah, do. Absolutely, absolutely dreadful nightmare. Uh, the, the first goal, I'd, I think he should have had it. I think he should have done better. Um, this, the second goal, that was uh, from Yota, I think. Um, if you see where Yota got the ball at his feet and where he, where he shot from, I think the keeper should be out and kicking that away. He was, he was caught in no man's land. He either had to come off his line quicker or just stay in his line. Um, yeah. Yeah, he was... I mean, I, I think he had plenty of time. If you see the, the, the distance that Shot had to run to get the ball, and I, 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 I think it was about the six-yard line he put it into the net. Uh, so, I mean, he should he should have been... That should have been kicked away. It should have been cleared. No, And then you go on to the one that he... he this, this passing out a, a defence, even if you take... Risks that that are unbelievable risks. Uh, I just I just don't get that at all. I just uh, get the see. I'm 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 old firm. See, see in your own half, you can't score in your own half. So I'm the old the old school that I like to see the ball getting passed as quickly as it can up to the other uh, the other half. And even if the other team have got the ball, get the get get them fast in their own half, and they're not going to score from their own half. And that, that's the way I, I believe. I, this, this playing at the back out uh, um, under any circumstances, even even if there's three players waiting to press you, you still got to play out. I, I just don't get that at all. And and it's it's not the first time we've been it's been near costing us 
because it's happened a few times that we've always, almost been caught out. But uh, now we, we were caught out, and God knows what he was thinking about because you could see that, that Davis was marked. Yeah, he was caught in two minds, and he's just he's he's missed it, isn't it? And that's it was, I it was uh, the perfect end to a nightmare day for him. Uh, it really was. It just really summed up his performance. But Mason, I'll, I'll come to you. I want everybody's thoughts on the goalie, and I, I was kind of I was kind of thinking I was in two minds whether he have John McLaughlin as a discussion point now because I'll be honest, I think it's unfair to. He was part of the collective shite for me yesterday. There was players who were just as bad as him, um, if not worse, yesterday. But being the goalkeeper, your mistakes are fatal. Um, for me, I don't bring Alan McGregor back in to be number one. Um, I think we've got very short memories. And I, McLaughlin was part of the, the collective uh, yesterday, the collective shite. But there, there has been occasion. The reason he's been brought in is number one, because McGregor, he did, he lost maybe what about nine, ten points last season. We spoke about this in that podcast. I, I don't know if McGregor stops his getting that drubbing yesterday. Um, I, I really don't. Um, what, what's your thoughts on the Mason? Yeah, look, he had a nightmare. Yeah, like David T just said, and and, and again, he's going to be one that that out of all the players gets it gets it the worst. Like I thought, I thought. All four goals. When you, when you look look at all four, actually, I think the one that goes through for Abada as well. I just think it's it shouldn't happen. Um, but yeah, you know you've you've gone through there. The, the, the fourth the fourth goal sums up us in the second half though. No reaction. We're messing about with the ball three 0 down at our rivals. Fucking about with it, you know, between the back four, and he's got it. Just get it up the pitch. Why have we just not gone juggler in the second half? The reaction for me was was was, was you know we. The game's gone, you know, the, the, it's gone, it, just like it was in February. But there was no fight, no nothing. And, yeah, it, it sort of summed us up. But in terms of the goalkeeper, I think in the summer, I, I think we desperately needed a number one. I, I said John McLaughlin it was, was was not a Rangers number one. You think, you know, someone that Champions League um, pulling off match-winning saves. I think McLaughlin's a good number two. I think he's, he's a Sunderland or Hearts number one. And a Rangers number one, I think that that's too, too big for him. And... Um, and I think we've we've gone cheap. We've gone cheap with it. We've, we've given McGregor another year instead of spending money in, in that department. We've gone, oh, you know, you know. But it's such an important position for us. It, 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 you know, you can say what you want about them as well. We've, we've getting Joe Hart, but it's took, took them on to another level. They're not conceding as many goals. He's pulling off saves. So we, we, we've gone cheap with it, and and it and it's cost us. You know, not just as you said, Colin, not just John McLaughlin because he's going to be the one that, that, that takes takes the, the brunt of it. But but all of them yesterday, it's, it was it was an absolute shit show all over. David Pollard, there's a few comments coming in from um, Sean and Alex again asking about what's our thoughts on Robbie McCrory and um, should we have signed another goalkeeper as well? I think it's hard to say because I get the impression Van Bullen Cross was happy with John McLaughlin was a good enough number one. So if that's what your manager saying, that the, the board will, will take that as gospel, I suppose. But Robbie McCrory's He's kind of nosedived off the face of a cliff, and he—I don't—I don't know why he doesn't look as if he's in any contention. Um, is he an option right now, or is this just another bad day for John McLaughlin? Uh, sorry, is was this just a bad day at the office for John McLaughlin? My own view is it's about—it's all about pie in the sky because we are not going to sign a goalkeeper, and we are not going to the Champions League with McCrory. So it's either going to be McLaughlin, or it's going to be Shagger. So. Uh, I would stay with McLaughlin, you know, that's because he's probably the best option, not ideal. Because I, I think I'm on record, you know, in the pod a few months ago saying that we would perhaps, you know, m when McGregor leaves, before he'd announced that he wasn't leaving, that we should go for sign an, another number one. But we, we chose not to do that, as Mason has just pointed out. So we should have done it. Doesn't, we can't do it now, but I would, I would, we'd have to stay with McLaughlin. There's no uh, point in, in, in throwing that boy in there and de destroying him as well. We have to uh, have to back him. We have to. There's, we, we don't have a choice. So, but, but these, in terms of McLaughlin, that was in good company yesterday in, in terms of having a, a bad day at the office. So we can if we want to run through the team, you know, as I pointed out in, in our regroup chat yesterday, the and Cholak and, and Tillman, I mean. What? <laughs> what happened? Did they? 
impact the game in any way. So what the, the game, they just overran us in midfield. They were they were showing energy, they were showing commitment, they're showing pace, movement. It's and we just uh, just folded. Just folded. It's 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 quite bizarre, isn't it? Like the last two podcasts we've done before this, everyone of us asked the question, what Bonabasic will turn up, how much will he expose us? And he's probably the one that gets closest to pass marks yesterday for Angels. Um, mm. Bizarre turn of events. Everybody else like channeled another shite bag Bonner and he done okay. He he created four or five really decent chances. Yeah. Oh, Angry Bonner was, was probably our, our best player yesterday. Uh, who was who? Who contributed more? At least he was he was getting us up the park. He was putting balls in there. So, but Cholak was out up there on his toddy. Was there was nothing at all. And and by the time we get to the second half, you know, then it's three 0 and then it rolls on to four. The whole thing's meaningless. It's, but I'm not going to be judging anyone's performance at that point because we had uh, long since thrown in the towel. So it was really up while it was a contest. Borna was was in the contest at least. Hmm. Uh, it, there's not too many others of them can say that. So we've kind of alluded to in in the first half an hour about we should have signed another keeper or we were were, were short in midfield or short in striking options. Um, so I think we need to do this just about the board's impact in this um, and where we've left the squad. So transfer windows now shut. It's it sounds very blase, but we can't sign them. Can't sign them now until January. What we've got, what we've got, and it's done to the the margin of players to absolutely lift this tenfold um, between now and the winter break. But uh, David, I'll come to you first. Um, how? So the board have backed his way seven summer signings in. I do want to try and bring a wee bit of balance to this conversation as well because there's always the element of um, like interpretation and timing. See if we had five summer signings lined up and then the transfer deadline, we signed Matondo and Ben Davies, a right winger, a centre half. We'd probably come into this weekend buzzing that, oh, no, we've, we've bolstered a bit more. Having said that, I think we should have signed at least one more, a, a midfielder or another right winger. But where do you land in this and how how much you bothered back to manager? The thing is, though, but buying them early, you could you could see uh, already whether they're going to fit in or whether they're not going to fit in. Now, unfortunately, most of the most of the players we've we've got to be brought in, they're sitting in the sand, or uh, even Matondo wasn't even in the in the the. the Reserve bench yesterday, so um, I was I, I was I was shouting and bawling at the, the, why are we no buying a player? But I, I, I heard that uh, on on Heart and Hand uh, podcast that there's actually the the UEFA or the FIFA. I'm not sure who it is. Um, they're watching us because we're on a list that that uh, fair play. We're not a part of the fair play uh, group, uh, so we weren't weren't allowed to buy players. But I can't, I, I can't understand why Barcelona are allowed to be one point so many billion in debt. Uh, it's a farce. We, yeah. This podcast will last four years if we go down that road. It's a fucking farce. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. And, and we bring in, I mean, how much have we brought in? We, we, we brought in a fortune in, in uh, Patterson, who had a great game yesterday. He's doing well, by the way, by Everton. Uh, Patterson, uh, we've We've sold. Uh, Gerard went, Aribo went. Um, yeah, we've brought in a lot of money, so I, I don't see how much where the. I mean, I'm sure it was uh, the last books know about 19 million. We were in debt or something like that. So, I mean, we brought in more than that, so I don't understand why why we couldn't bring in a player, and whether it's just the board not wanting to. Whether it's a couldn't, I don't know. I'm, I'm not in a high enough position to see that, to know that. But um, no, I, I was hoping that they would at least bring in one player, but hopefully for the two two positions we've talked about, right wing, because we've just seen Matondo's not ready. Whether he's, he'll be ready, the boy's only 21, but whether he'll be ready in a another few uh, years or a year, but... But we should have been bringing in players that were going to hit the ground running and not projects that, that might be 
all right in a, in, a, in a year or two. And plus the fact, bringing in players that are going to be sitting up in the stand injured most of the time, yeah, that's, I'm afraid... I'm not really that up in Wilson at the moment. I think uh, I don't don't think he's doing doing an awful really good job at, at this moment because not one of the players that he's brought in are playing. So, Red, Red Van sitting in the bench as well, not getting a game. So just on that, um, there's a couple of comments coming in the comment section about that uh, financial fair play list of their own. So Teddy Bear's calling out half the half the clubs in Europe up and that I think it's something to do with if more money was generated than was expected, then it's just something that's got to be reviewed. Our European run, obviously we've got a bit more money than what we ever calculated for. So I think um, you, you made a really good point, David, here, about the, the Heart and Hand podcast, Andy McGowan, and there's a lot of cracking threads on uh, Twitter where he'll run through the kind of the financial situation in the club and where we need to be by, I think it's 2026 20, and 2027. 20, and there is an element that the club have been funded at a loss by fan-backed um, investors um, that we, we do need to offset that. Having said all that, I do still think there was money there for uh, at least one more signing uh, to try and support the squad. Mason, looking at the seven signings, I think if we put yesterday to a bad day, um, a bad day at Parkhead, Cholak, Tillman and Lawrence have been relatively successful so far. Suter and um, Davies, um between injury and personal circumstances, that I suppose that can't really be helped. Um, every every signing is a gamble, and fucking it's Rangers are just cursed by signing folk who end up injured. So I suppose you've got Yilmaz and Matondo, who have been there and haven't really featured. Um, if we spend money on Matondo, um, is it reasonable that all, after a month you write him off and you go and spend another £2 million on a right winger? Or am I trying to be too balanced here? Well, Matondo was well, last season and the season before when he was at Schalke played predominantly left wing. Uh, so so we would have watched him, uh, you know, would have thought Ross Wilson would have watched him and the, the recruitment team would have watched him playing in for the team. Brood, was it St. Brood? Um, and he played predominantly left wing. So he, he hit decent numbers last season. So we've signed him to play and he's been playing right wing because Kent always plays out on the left. So, so for me, the right wing position for me is, I can't really excuse it at all because I think it's been, even when Gerard was here, um, Colin, you know, a, a big fan I was of Daniel Candias, not, um, <laughs> but I, I, we've, we've not had a proper right winger at all. Um, and it's window after window. So we can talk about sort of signings and the money spent. I think it's around 30 million we've spent. Um, and we've got Yilmaz and Davis, which is about 10 million. Maybe about six, seven million up front, which seven million up front, quite quite a lot. Um, it, what, was that not better to go towards a, a forward player? You know, numbers last season, but between Wideman and strikers was 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 for for a Rangers team domestically was was atrocious. Let's, let's be brutal about it. It was nowhere near good enough. Cholak's been brought in again um, to, to, to you know to help to help Morelos with the goals. But you know, we, we're at the moment we're just relying on Cholak as we do when Morelos is playing. The wide men are still not contributing goals. So that right wing position um, is, is a big problem. And, you know, we go back to Tillman plan out there. We're, we're putting players out there again because we're not we're not spending the money properly. Um, and, and I think David T spot on. Ross Wilson is a big problem for me. Um, Chris Paul put a, a, a listing of the players signed yesterday. And, um, yeah, it, it's worrying for me. It's, you know, the recruitment is, 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 is the, the most important thing at any football club. Um, and we've got players that I think as well in the squad that have just been here too long and they're going stout. Um, and, you know, we, we've seen these, we see these performances every so often from, from this Rangers team that, you know, Gibbs last year in, in the cup, Celtic Park last year, happened again yesterday. Um, and we're not freshening it up enough. And when we are freshening it up, I still think we're lacking quality. Um, but yeah, the financial fair play things are fast. I think the accounts are going to look completely different. Um, in November, December, when they're released because of the European run, the Bassi sale, the Patterson sale, that wasn't included last year. Uh, Champions League now. Uh, but just a quick point as well on on, on, on transfers. Gio, if you listen to Gio's interview uh, when we beat PSV, he was, you know, he, he, he was buzzing and he said, well, more or less, we're going to go into the market. Scott Arfield done an interview with Sky Sports on the, fr- on the Thursday and he said, we've, we've, we've brought in some good quality players, he said, but We'll probably go and add a couple more. 
So the squad as well, I think, were they expecting a couple of quality signings once they got in the Champions League to go and help them as well? Because, you know, you, you, everyone's, it, it, no matter what line of work you're in, you want good people around you and people that are going to make you better. So I do wonder as well that the reaction from the support, the players as well. I wonder how they they sort of took the news and thought we're not we just got in Champions League, we're, but we're not getting any any help in there. So it could go sort of both ways on that sense as well. David Bollock, what's your thoughts been in the transfer window? Because um, Mason Mason starts on a really good point there. As soon as we qualify for the Champions League, we've got all that extra money that you get by getting there. Um, we the fans get fucking fleeced again for the the ticket prices. So you surely think, aye, the board are trying to build for the long term because let's let's not forget, we never want to get back to 2012, right? We never ever want to get back here. But at the same time, there's a, there, there must have been scope to to bring folk in, and Van Bronckhorst and Arfield wouldn't have been so confident that they would have brought somebody in if. Um, if that wasn't the case, and what worries me is we keep on. We've always been told the Rangers have a massive shortlist to prepare for every eventuality, and every position has three or four players on the radar should they need it. What's happened to this shortlist? Hey, I'd love to know, Colin. I really would. I I think I said in the last podcast I was on, Rangers should be bold but not reckless. In, in terms of you know looking at signings now that we've got over PSV, there's, you know, there's the financial pressure has lifted, so that there are should be options available to us. But for me, and I'm going to sound like a broken record here, is harping back to as soon as we were done with the Scottish Cup final in May, and we know that we've got the, the close season to look at you know turn the what, what's changing in this squad, and I'm hoping that Ross Wilson and Giovanni Van Bronckhurst will have weekly meetings, if not daily meetings, on who's available, what are we shaping the squad towards. Look at what, what's coming in August, you know, with Champions League qualifiers, and it all looks like it's made up on the hoof to me in terms of, you know, the, the strategy. For me, and I, and I also commented at the time that I want to be Geo, Geo to be absolutely ruthless. So I would have got Roof out the door. I would have got Hollander out the door. I would have got Sakal out the door. And I would have seen what's going to improve our squad for next season between last season, this season. How are we going to ramp it up a notch or two? And, and in terms of looking at, you know, who's av- what players are available, how often they're available. Roof could be uh, Lionel Messi for all we know because it's he's sat, been sat in this, the 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 bench so so often and when he's not in the bench you know he's in the treatment room so I mean what's what value are we getting from there which is why I, I needs to be ruthless as Ross Wilson does so the fact that we've got all the way if, if we the danger for me and as I hope it's not true is that we've got to the PSV game just and, and had no strategy of what was going to happen you know should we qualify should we not qualify I would have thought those decisions would have already been made. And then as soon as the final whistle goes, it's simply a phone call. It's thunderbirds are go. The wheels are already in motion. The preparatory work has been done about, you know, the options that we have, the budget available and who we're going after. And it looks like none of that's, that, that is the case. And maybe it is the case and they just don't tell us. Then I would say to Rangers and I would say to the board, then why not tell us? Tell us what the plan is. Tell us whether we've exceeded expectation or we've short, fallen short of expectation. Let us in. We're not dafties. And if you, and in, in the absence of any information from the club, we just make up all, all sorts of nonsense. And you know, and, and it's it's scary movies. So I, I would I, say I just come in there because Alex Kelly yeah. has said the exact same thing. Questions need to be asked for this board and any long term listeners. Um, I like to think you know that. I think. My, you should know my big issue with the board is how how much a disconnect there is between the board and the fans in terms of the communication. We are we are just full of millions of fans sitting here chatting to our pals. What's like? What is the board thinking? Like there should be some sort of communication, and time and time again, whether it's with the managers or whether it's with the fucking friendly retired in Australia or with the the strategy, we don't actually know. We need to wait for an AGM, and then sometimes even at the AGM we get half-assed answers. Um, there is no 
there's no communication for the board in there. There's such a disconnect. And I've seen a lot of, um, you know, folk blaming the lights of heart and that and four lads, um, the blogging stuff. And not, not to just blindly back fan media, but these guys have a tough job as well. All they have, all they get to do is ask the manager. And it's no Gio's fault that the board won't back him. We can't really ask Gio, like, <laughs> why did the board not back you? He's not going to tell us that. So, um, Colin, if I can just come back in here, what, uh, you're, you're, you're dead right here because one of my problems with Rangers board and, and their connect with the Rangers fans is that they almost see us as a necessary evil. You know, it's just a source of revenue. That's like David Money just Yeah, don't ever ask for our opinion on anything. You know, and there's there's a whole load of issues kind of around the club. You know, it's not just the, the, the playing squad. In terms of you know the, the safe standing thing, which they just say, no, no, we're not we're not having that. And what I think we should remind them of from time to time, and which is why I think the Rangers Supporters Trust is, is such a cracking idea, albeit it's done rather pishly. But we should remind them that we are Rangers. That is it. So you know, you've got you can go get go to the stadium, you get in the director's box, but Rangers are what we are. We are the, it's the 100,000 people who turned up in Seville who are Rangers. All you are is a custodian of that. And they, they just treat us sometimes, I hesitate to use the word disrespect, but it's certainly at arm's length. You know, they say, listen, we, we don't really need their input because they, they don't really know that much. We know what's best. They're just a shower of whinging. And I may be dead wrong, and I hope I am dead wrong, but I, I'm sometimes left with that feeling. Aye, but and again, that's why I want to like we, we we say these all the times. These podcasts are recorded, so we we call it out when we make an after the scroll predictions. But we also like, we can go back back in reference when we've called out the board for this. Um, Alex Kelly, he's asked any truth in the finances have been held back to fund Edmondson's house and this the permanent signings of Tillman and Sands. That's a very strong rumor, and I'm hearing that might potentially be it, but. The big issue is none of us know that. Like, if if the board could um, come out and say, "Listen, this is why we didn't sign MD in the last day of the window," whether we agree with it or not, we uh, like at least we'll know. Um, you know what worries me, Colin? Is I, I don't even think Geo are saying what players come in or what players don't come in, because I mean, if you look at Sakala, never plays. Matondo now wasn't even in the team for I don't know whether he was injured. I hadn't heard that he was injured. He's not in the team. So, uh, Yomaz is not getting a game. So I wonder if if, if Gio gets gets told or is, is Wilson just going out and then saying, "Oh, there, I quite fancy him." And I've seen, seen some quite funny yesterday. Somebody says he only buys players that are smaller than him. <laughs> so, but. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I wonder what what, what say Gio's got in it because I can't. I mean, you would think if Gio, if Gio had any say in it, we would a couple of Dutch players in, but not even a Dutch player, not even a Dutch player mentioned. No, um, so <laughs> I'm giggling away at a few comments coming in. Um, I don't think Mary Cunningham's a fan. Um, very articulately called his four defeated villains. Um, and you know what? I did say at the very start of the pod, I don't know if you were listening, Mary Doll, um, this isn't a podcast where we're going to throw in the towel for the league. Um, we did say that before we come on to how the rest of the season uh, looks and how we're set up, we're going, to, we're going to call out the things that need addressed by the management, by the players and by the board. And I don't know about you boys, but I think we have done that. So I think it is... I guess probably as good a time as any um, since so Mary's called us out to look ahead Mason, discussing everything that we have discussed, um, we are where we are, right? We we can't sign empty till January. We we know the issues here. Um, I felt that Graham Campbell of the pod, um, I think he was the absolute big minority in the group chat yesterday saying that this, this squad is still capable of winning the league. I totally agree with him. Um, I'm putting yesterday down to the absolute perfect storm of everybody getting it wrong, and that's how it ended up in that's how it ended, that's how it ended up in an absolute jobbing. I I think we are still 
able to challenge for the league. There's no doubt about that, but we are going to leave it very tight. We're now relying on players who haven't been uh, fully reliable, a la Ruth uh, Davies, so coming back to our depth. Where I do worry is how strong enough we are in the Champions League. Um, what's your thoughts for the next few months? Well, look, in terms of winning the league, a lot's got to change. Um, it's early. Yeah, Graham, I wish I felt like he did sort of yesterday. I think, you know, uh, we was all obviously hurting. But um, yeah, he does, he does make some good points. But, but a lot's got to change um, with Gio and the players. Gio's got to... He's got to watch that game yesterday and, and, and look how we moved the ball compared to, to how they moved the ball. Um, you know, the, the between the centre-halves, easy to play against. Um, he's going to have to come up with something and something very quickly because obviously we look at the fixtures domestically uh, going to um, Aberdeen next week and then we go to Hearts a couple of weeks later, which, you know, two, two, get two games where we, we always struggle. Um, and especially on the geo away from home, it's 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 you know it's, we can't drop any more points now till at all. But you know you're looking at sort of before the World Cup, um, that, you know there's two games a week now with, with the champion and the Champions League games will take care of themselves. Um, Europe for me, um, looking forward to Wednesday. I, I, I think the players obviously will just want to get you know yesterday out of the system, um, and they'll I'm sure they'll be right up for it. It's a Champions League game. There's problems, you know. The, Bit disappointed they weren't up for it yesterday, but I expect them to be bang up for it Wednesday, and it needs that needs to be the start then um, of, of a winning run uh, domestically. Obviously, to go away to to, to Ajax, I'd love to see us, you know, go, go and get a win, but we see, we need to be realistic with, with the Champions League as well. We've got three very good teams in our group. Um, I hope you know we we go and, go and do well, but um, and, and putting you know good performances, but the, the league needs to be it is always the bread and butter and, and the most important thing. Um, but the management should watch that. They, they should all be in... in I, I listened to uh, the Man United manager today. They, they, they got a result and he sort of turned it after they lost to Brentford and he had them in uh, the day after and he'd run them. he run them all, all day. Um, I hope Gio's had them in today and he's run them and he's put that on and said, that ain't happening again. And that sort of kicks out. I know it sounds old school, but it's worked for them. Um, so, yeah, it, the season for us needs to start uh, Wednesday night and we need to go on a, a long running one to, the, uh, long winning run uh, domestically. Davy P, um, this has been labelled that this Rangers team they're better in Europe because the pressure's off them. Um, whether that's right or not, I, I don't know, but they do seem to be a different animal in Europe. Um, this might be a better game to try and kickstart start their season. This might be a better opportunity than, say, St Mirren at home um, because they do seem to rise to the occasion in these hard, difficult games. Um, is, a, is this, um, are we going to scrub the Ajax 5 nothing now and all will be forgotten? Well, we have an approach in Europe, you know, and a, a set-up, you know, a tactical approach to Europe, which clearly suits that type of game, which doesn't suit the Scottish game because they are different. There's no just no getting away from it. It's just you know exactly what's going to happen. Ibrooks when we turn up, we're not going. We're not playing PSV, so a, a different approach is required. So Mason's dead right. There has to be change. So we have to do things differently because we tried the same in February as we tried in September. We got exactly the same result. So something changes. We yesterday we had a, a horrifying statistic for me. I mean, I'm I don't have a coaching badge to my name. You know, I'm just a grunt from the club deck, but. We had 55% possession yesterday and we get cuffed 4-0. That would suggest to me, you know, without being too scientific about it, is that our possession isn't all it should be. So is it? do we need any more analysis than that? We, we need to be more efficient with the ball. And, and 25 passes and, and still being in your own half, what's the fucking point? You know, it's just... Uh, pass it all day and I mean it's, we're back to what David's saying at the start the horseshoe thing you know we've, we've now had 12 passes and you know people are still in control of the ball but as soon as we lose the ball it's then it's, it's, it's chaos ensues and, and there's they're, they're in on top of us it was uh, it's so predictable but it's preventable if it's predictable so that's I'm hoping that Gio and, and Ross Wilson will be uh, working their way towards that I, I, I just have serious concerns in my head about the relationship between Ross Wilson and Gio because if uh, it, it absolutely terrifies me that, that 
Ross Wilson is the guy who decides what players we sign and what we don't sign. That that is that's scary movies for me yeah. because with the experience that Gio has, if he has got no say or, or even a limited say on what players we, we should be bringing in, wow, that's putting the cart before the horse. Uh, yeah, I think there's definitely a change in relationship between Gio and Ross Wilson than there was um, between Gerard and Ross Wilson. I think Gerard definitely did have a bit more autonomy um, and I, I don't know, rightly or wrongly, there was definitely probably more an aligned vision between the two of them. Um, David Thompson, I'll come to you. A few comments coming in um, for, you know, like Alex Kelly and a couple of others saying that we need to be realistic here. Um, and, you know, that's why that's why I've got many different people on this podcast because I know I can be very glass half full and a bit too optimistic for my own good. Do you share my, my optimism that this, this squad is still capable of challenging Celtic? Bear in mind, it's only the 4th of September. I need to put that in. Well, I mean, the, the, the league's been won with a bigger gap difference than, the, than it is now. So, uh, yeah, of course. We, I mean, we, it's never over to the fat lady sings, right, as they always say. Although they're probably not allowed to say that anymore. Um, but um, just for just for, for if Mary's still listening, we were in the, the final of a European Cup. Celtic were the first team in the world to get put out of three cups in one season. So that's uh, that's uh, the the way they are. Mary's on the way to the M74, ready to do my door in, so she is probably. <laughs> but um, no, I, I mean, the league's never over. It's, Celtic could hit a, a bad patch. You, you know, the, the, the unfortunate thing is they don't look like losing against other teams. That That's an unfortunate thing. And they didn't look like losing against us yesterday. But um, they don't look like losing against other teams. And even last season, they didn't really look like losing against other teams. So that's a big worry. So it means that we've got to we've got to be our best. We've still got another nine points to play for play for them. Uh, so, oh, it's never give up, never give up. But I mean, I would definitely like to see. I mean, we've got to, we've got to hope now for for the January window uh, opening and hope we get some there because we definitely need uh, a stronger midfield for me and. As you say, a, a number eight or a number eight is it not? An, I would even say a, a number ten is it not? Uh, I'm great to wear numbers. A, a box to box midfielder, some some guy yeah. that can just control more, the game. That's more, more, more attacking, yeah. Um, but uh, no, we definitely need. So hopefully, in the in the, in the January sales, we'll we'll get that. And as I say, the the games it was never never over in September. We've still got a long way to go, and uh, hopefully Celtic will drop points and we'll keep picking up points. But we need to get it sorted out. We need to stop playing. <laughs> we'll, we'll go back the way we were. Stop playing with three defensive midfielders and uh, sticking Tillman out in the right wing because that's now proven that it doesn't work. So back back to the drawing board, Geo. Uh, he doesn't have to go to the drawing board. We've just given the answers. <laughs> have I go, Gio? Have I go? That's it. I mean, that's that's the difference between. I mean, we're talking about PSV. The difference is we went to PSV and we tried to attack them. If you're not going to attack them, if you're going to sit with with one guy stuck up front running about between the two centre halves, then you're you're no threat to them. So it means they can stick on more players into attack. And I mean, really, they could have played with one defender yesterday, and and you know, the way Cholak was running about because there was nobody, nobody getting near him to to help him. And I thought Morelos made a made a difference when he when he did come on. I thought I thought he messed the, the centre backs a bit more than Cholak was doing. Although I think the the one chance he got where right him and right had a, I think he should have taken that in the volley. First, first time uh, with his left foot, and I think it would have been a goal. But he, he tried to control it. But that, that, that's just one thing. I mean, it wasn't that high. It was, it was just about what more than waist height. Why, why do you imagine just not give it a crack? If it flies over the bar, it flies over the bar. But that was the one thing. But I thought Morelos made a difference when he came on. So I would, I would like to see Morelos against Ajax, especially um, with Bassi as their, their main centre half. But uh, that that'll be that'll be a meaty contest. 
But I would def- definitely, definitely have um, Morelos on Tuesday. And that's it. That's what I'm saying. While it is tight, because there have been players who have been unreliable. In two weeks' time, we might well have Ben Davies, Kemar Roof, Alfredo Morelos all back in contention for the squad regularly. Um, the manager did say that Davies and Roof went far away. That's before we even look at Yanis Hadji, Philip Hollander, and. You know, James Tony's here in the, in the comments, absolutely rightly so, calling out that Gio's away form was, you know, it, it might cost him a job if it, if it doesn't improve, but he's got his own evidence there that it, well, like he's done it away at PSV. Um, he played well, he's done it. He, he's done it away before, so he just has to change that mentality. Colin, um, what did he mean by not far away? Did he mean in the treatment room? He's got the good seats in the main stand behind the bench. <laughs> well, I think that's um, as I was approaching our mark, boys. Um, time flies when you're talking all things Rangers, eh? I think that's um, as good a time as any to wrap it up for this week. So, as always, before you draw, um, Ronnie come running, asked you for a farewell to the listeners and your prediction for Wednesday night away at Ajax. Just before I do, massive thanks again to everybody who's tuned in and listened, gave us the comments. We always encourage whether you think we're talking fish or not, call us out, absolutely. We we want a we don't want to be four guys singing the same tune. This podcast, it's um we're a diverse group as Rangers fans, so it's always good to get into action. Really appreciate it. So Mason. I hope you feel better after that, mate. Thank you very much for joining us. Slightly better, Colin. Colin slightly better. I win Wednesday will help. Um, you know, thanks for thanks for having us back on. And yeah, I think the comments. A lot of the comments have been have been bang on. Um, you know, we just just hope we, we see a change to, to Gio's approach uh, domestically because European wise, he's he's got it nailed on. But yeah, it needs to change massively. And as we said, hopefully that starts with, with Wednesday night. What's your prediction for Wednesday? Yeah, do I fancy us to go there and get, get a win? No, um, but you know, I, I was very uh, pessimistic, pessimistic against PSV, and we, we got a win. I'll take a point if we if we go there and get a draw. So I'll go one all. One all. David Paul, always a pleasure having you on, mate. Here's your goodbye and your prediction. Well, I'm going to be a wee bit more staunch, just because I. I would never say anything other we than... We need some sponsors back in this weekend, didn't we? <laughs> no, listen, we, it's, uh, we've been through worse than this, and we will get through this, because we have a good squad, we have got good players. So there's a... Uh, keep the faith. So, And I know sometimes it's difficult, and it's very frustrating, and you, you don't understand why the club do the things they do, but, you know, we've... We've only been here for all this time and we'll, we'll continue to be here. So it's uh, no, but in terms of uh, Wednesday night, I would, I'm going for a 1 0 victory for Rangers. You know, so and uh, <clears throat> I'm going for Lunny to bang one in from the edge of the box. I'll take that. I'll take that for the best on earth. And last but absolutely not least, joining us for the continent, David Tomlinson. Yeah, thanks very much for having me on again. Uh, being, been, a good terror therapy for the for the future. Um, I well, I, I mean, I I think if you're going to get Ajax, you get them now because the 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 stuff a few players, the lost main central defender, um, and they're they're not they weren't that great at the weekend. They won four 0 but uh, they beat the team same team last year nine 0 So the the manager was happy. It was only four. <laughs> so, but they're not that great, and I don't, I don't think, and I, I, I'll, I'll go with Davy. I'll go for a one 0 for Rangers. Mason, what the fuck's happened to you? I'm a bit predicted at all. Usually, you and I are the the, the optimistic ones, and here's old Davy T putting us to shame with predicting a win. Um, but no, that's I, I genuinely do think this is we're going to see Rangers a million miles away from the Rangers that we seen yesterday. Um, I'm do well. There's bigger issues at the club, absolutely, and they need address for this season. Yesterday was just a collective. Everybody was off it and got it wrong. Um, and we're going to see such a different side and different performance on Wednesday. I do genuinely believe that. Um, 
having said that, I, I still think I actually team may be feared. Um, or no field, but we, we do need to be cautious. Um, I'm going to go a two old draw, get a point away from home, back up the road, scrud and play Ibrox the following week. I'll take that. So, on that note, thank you again, everybody, for watching. Um, enjoy the rest of your week, and remember, we are the people. Take care.